Today is uh, July the 1st, and we are finally in the month of July. Hope you're doing well. Uh, today we're going to pick up our study uh, in the book of Acts. Uh, yesterday uh, we got down to Acts 9.26. Good morning, brother. Uh, we got down to Acts 9.26, and um, so I'm just going to read those verses for context, make a little commentary, and then we'll move forward from there. Okay? Acts 9.26, And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to adjoin himself to the disciples. But they were afraid of him, and believed not that he was a disciple. In verse 27, But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles, and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way, in other words, he recounted uh, Saul's conversion experience and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly in Damascus in the name of Jesus. And he was with them coming in and going out at Jerusalem and he spake boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Grecians, but they went about to slay him. So time-wise, this was about 38 AD, or three years after his conversion experience on the road to Damascus. Because you remember, uh, um, he he done the he's going he's done the three years in Arabia, and we just when he left um, when he left Damascus. So there's a three-year gap between the time that he uh, escaped. Uh, over the wall until the time that he came into Jerusalem in verse number 26. And we discussed how some have speculated, possibly during this time is when Paul, um, good morning, Lori, when Paul received the revelation of the mystery. Um, we went over that last time. You can look at that. I mean, there are some you know, there, there are some parallel uh, verses in Corinthians and in Galatians that perhaps demonstrate that while Paul, he may have at this point, but again, we can't be dogmatic about that. Um, however, it's no wonder if we look in the text here that the disciples were still a little leery of Saul. Uh, who wouldn't have been at this point? The dude had just, I mean, he killed people. He, you know, he had letters. He, he went to the synagogues. He was rooting out those of the way. He was having them transported back to Jerusalem to stand trial, prosecution, and even death. Um, and again, this is when Barnabas, whose name means son of consolation, uh, steps up to the, to the plate and he speaks on behalf of Saul to help remove some of the hesitancy um, that apparently many still had in regards to him. And you can't blame them for that at all. Uh, but this was the beginning of a long ministry that Paul and Barnabas would have together. Um, Saul still uh, was meeting tremendous uh, amounts of opposition. Uh, on the other hand, because of his insistence, uh, that Jesus was their Messiah. So the, so the Jews, not only were they afraid of him um, because of who he was and what he had done, but they're also opposing him because he's bound and determined, uh, just like Peter and Stephen, <laughs> to, because uh, bear in mind, he's still preaching the kingdom gospel 
And he is insisting that this Jesus, whom they had crucified, was their Messiah. Nothing um, I have found in ministry will get the dander up of a religious person uh, as when you challenge their strongly held unbiblical beliefs. <laughs> uh, religious people tend to respond in the flesh. Uh, because they, for the most part, are operating in the flesh anyway. Uh, and, of course, Paul, Saul, was at getting the brunt of that. Um, and, of course, their answer was, we need to kill him. <laughs> we need to get rid of him. Uh, and then in verse number 30, which when the brethren knew, they brought him down to Caesarea. And understand, when it says in the brethren, uh, it's talking about believers, uh, messianic Jewish believers when they knew they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him forth to Tarshish um, so here we have Saul again fleeing for his life not a very good start for ministry um, but it's from here uh, that the brethren brought him down to Caesarea and this is recorded in Galatians 1 21 um, and, of course, we know that Saul was from Tarsus, which was in Cilicia. So he was back in his neck of the woods. And, of course, Paul records this event in Galatians 1.21 when he said, Afterwards, I came into the regions of <clears throat> Syria and Cilicia. And that's where we have some evidence that he might have known the gospel of grace because there were believers there in the gospel of grace as he records later but again it's hard to be dogmatic but either way these brethren here were those who were part of the kingdom church there is no suggestion at this point uh, that Paul has received um, anything different in regards to this uh, good morning Otis um, so notice verse number 31 and they had the churches rest and, and then had the churches rest throughout all of Judea and Gal Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied now again understand unless you insist on forcing your theology on the text here um and for years, I had absolutely no problem with doing that. Uh, but now I do. Um, these churches are still, they're Messianic Jewish believers at this point. Um, they, they are not Gentile. And if they are Gentile, they're proselytes into Judaism. Um, and bear in mind, we're already in chapter number nine. And we are still dealing with Jewish fellowships. We're dealing with Jewish believers, Messianic fellowships, um, because that is the only ones that the gospel of the kingdom was being proclaimed to. Now we're going to get over into chapter 10. It's going to be the first Gentile that's going to be introduced. But we're already nine chapters deep into the book of Acts. And we're still dealing with the nation of Israel. We're still, still dealing with the gospel of the kingdom being proclaimed to the nation. And, of course, the gospel of the kingdom was proclaimed with an expectation that it could still be accepted. The Messiah would return and establish his kingdom. 
uh, or it wouldn't have still been preached. Uh, they would have long abandoned it had they felt that it was no longer uh, an offer, if it was no longer on the table. Um, now, notice it says, the church, Then the churches had rest throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria. Um, Randy White makes a point that I find pretty valid, and I've, I've also studied it. Uh, on another website, Grace Ambassadors, if you've ever checked that out. Um, only the King James uh, uses the term churches in this verse, in Romans 9.31, churches. The New King James t does too, but they come out the same underlying text. But all of the other ones, if you do a parallel, uh, they make churches singular. Then had the church rest throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, and were edified. And of course, the reason they do this, the reason they insist on translating it in the singular, is they are pushing their bias onto the text, the church. Again, not understanding there were different churches and these were all messianic fellowships. Um, so, you know, Randy makes the point here that um, the others um, point out that only the, he points out that only the KJV uses the plural churches while the others use the singular church and this is an example of them forcing their theology on the text. So something there to think about. And then look in verse number 32 and it came to pass as Peter passed through out all quarters he came also to the saints which dwelt at Lydia. So we have been briefly introduced to Saul, who would later become Paul. And now there is a very brief shift back to Peter, who is visiting the saints. And those saints, again, are referring to Messianic Jewish believers, which dwelt at Lydda. And, and I've said this before, and I am beginning to lean this way extremely strong, that saints is referring to Jewish believers. Um, you know, I've got a few other things that uh, born again, you know, is a term I am beginning to understand really does not apply to the body of Christ. The nation of Israel is God's firstborn. Uh, they were the ones to be born again. Um, I've been studying First Peter, uh, for example, um, in First Peter one twenty three, um, and I'm just sharing a little bit, this is from the hip, but in First Peter one twenty three, being born again, not a corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. 1 Peter 1.23. This is terminology that refers to New only to New Testament Israel. They are the ones that are being born again. Uh, the nation is being born again. Uh, so, good point, Scott, for sure. Um, so, again, I just think a lot of terminology we are taking... And I've taught First and Second Peter. I taught First and Second Peter at the Bible College. Um, but when we start talking about the Holy Priesthood, 
You know, so many in the body of Christ today say we are a holy priesthood. The holy priesthood is a, is a prophetic reference to the priesthood of Israel. Uh, we are a royal priesthood and a royal nation. I've heard that come out of pastors' mouths. It came out of my mouth. Um, this cannot be the nation's Gentiles if it is identified as only one nation. It is a priestly nation. It has to be the nation of Israel. Um, so again, um, we're just all too good at forcing our theology onto the text. And I think what Randy White is pointing out here, um, the word should be translated church. And it's referring to the our churches, and it's referring to the Messianic Jewish fellowships. So, um, so Peter is briefly brought back into the storyline here, and he goes and he visits the saints. And again, that word saints, Peter is obviously only visiting Jewish believers. Peter is not visiting Gentiles. Um, so again, as far as we can, as can be seen here, there's nothing but Jews. Again, you cannot insert Gentiles into these chapters without clearly displaying your bias. On another note, even if Saul had received the revelation of, of the mystery by this point, there is no indication in the text that he had. There's no indication in the text that he had. Um, And I, I guess I'll get into verse number 33 tomorrow. I want to keep these 10 to 15 minutes, but I do hope you've enjoyed the study today. Read verse number 33, and and notice, and there he found a certain man named Aeneas, which had kept his bed for eight years. He was sick of the palsy, and Peter said, so this is Peter, Jesus Christ maketh thee whole, arise make thy bed and he arose immediately and all that dwelt in Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord again responding to Peter's gospel and Peter only taught one gospel well God bless you guys have a great day and uh, and I'll see you tomorrow morning eight o'clock